This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Hey guys, it's Grant and Danny here, Bustin' Loose Baseball. Danny, we just did an interview with Jim Bowden for our DC show, and it was so good we thought people might enjoy hearing it and Dropping it into their Bustin' Loose baseball feed. Words like bonus come to mind. Extra content comes to mind. Marketing geniuses. I don't know about the last part, but he was sensational. We thought you guys should hear it. Yeah, and he went hard in the paint. He thinks Juan Soto is getting traded. He thinks the Nats are going to make out in this deal. So if you missed it on our DC show, if you're just a podcast listener, we didn't want you to not hear this content. So enjoy this uh, bonus midweek interview with former GM Jim Bowden. He was the GM of the Nats and the Reds, and now he writes for The Athletic, works at CBS Sports, and he does shows on MLB Network Radio where I work on the weekends. Just got done doing a draft show and a Futures Game broadcast with him. So here he is, Jim Bowden, the former GM of the Nats. We told you we were going to talk with Jim Bowden. He is an analyst and an insider. I work with him over at MLB Network Radio. You see him on CBS Sports HQ, and he writes in The Athletic. Former GM of the Nats and the Reds and a former executive of the year. Jim, you're plugged in on what's going on with Juan Soto, so we want some insight here. I saw a tweet from you today comparing a Soto trade market to the housing market. You're predicting that the Nats will get what they're asking for, it sounds like. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I mean, look, there's a lot of motivated teams here trying to acquire Juan Soto. I think Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers said it best when he said, you know, impact players of this nature at this age just don't become available. And when they do, you have to jump on it. And that's what these teams are doing. Because remember, it's not like you're getting a year of Juan Soto, right? We're getting two and a half years. Or more importantly, for a contending team, you're getting three postseasons. And that's if you don't extend them. So this is a very unique opportunity. I think if the Nationals weren't for sale, I think there's a possibility they could have still signed him and maybe he stays. But I think at this point, uh, moving him is probably what's going to happen between now and the deadline. And the teams are lined up, and it's it's all market sizes, right? Small, middle, large. You've got Tampa Bay. They're in. San Diego's in. The big markets. Dodgers, Yankees, as expected. uh, They're all playing as well. Cardinals are in it. It's amazing to me the number of teams. I was I was told, because I can confirm 10 teams, I was told it's way more than 10 teams. So it's going to be interesting. And the Nationals' asking price is exorbitant. It's at the level where 
no trade in the history of baseball would ever has ever brought that much talent back in one singular trade for one singular player. But we're going to have the Herschel Walker deal, I guess we can call it. That was the last big deal in sports. Well, that's when the Cowboys traded him to the Vikings and ended up uh, winning multiple Super Bowls in the 90s because of it. That's the kind of deal this is. This is an organizational game changer for the Nationals when it happens. So you got teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Rays that, you know, they, they've got the farm systems, the Padres, to be able to make this kind of deal. And if, if they're willing to part with four or five of their best prospects and or major league players, then this thing will get done. And, and the thing that I told people when they say, well, this team's a front runner, I was told there's no front runners. And the other thing is to keep in mind is that, you know, the three of us might look at a prospect offer and think it's the best, but beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. And it's really, well, Mike Rizzo, Chris Klein, his staff, what prospects do they like the best? And I think that's going to kind of really drive this thing at the end is they're going to get the prospects that they want. And so it may not be the team that wants them the most or offers the most. It might just be whatever it is the Nationals want the most. Jim, let's say you were sitting in that seat with with Juan Soto on on the block and you were offering him out to these other teams. What would you want back in return? Same thing that Mike Rizzo wants back, right? I, I want five guys. And what am I, what am I going to ask for? I'm going to ask for your top five prospects. Period. Uh, you know, and, and again, it depends on the team, right? Like if I'm talking to the Cardinals, uh, I probably want some of their big league players that are on their roster now: Dylan Carlson, Gorman. Then go to the minor leagues and ask for Walker and Win, you know, Burleson, et cetera. You know, if if you're talking to the Padres, Hassel, Wood, C.J. Abrams, like I'm going to ask for all of them. That's what I'm going to ask for. Um, and quite frankly, what I'm hearing is they're going to pro- probably have several teams that are willing to unload the farm system. And by the way, I would too. I mean, Grant was sitting there with me at the Futures game, right? And when you look at the Futures game, there's not a single player on that field that has a chance to be Juan Soto. I mean, look, I, I think Jordan Walker was the best prospect on that field, and I, and I love Zach Dean of Colorado. There's a whole bunch of guys on that field I love. But I never saw a player on the field that to me was – Soto, Acuna, Guerrero, Tatis, Julio Rodriguez. I didn't see that guy this year. I saw Star, you know, and maybe Walker becomes that. But, but I, you know, when I looked on the field there, uh, would I give up two or three of the best prospects in the sport to get Juan Soto? Sure, I would. Because to me, Juan Soto literally is a combination of Ted Williams and Hank Aaron. And his best years are ahead of him. His best years are the next eight years. And then after that, I think he's going to age extremely well because of how special his hit tool is. So when you get a guy in your prime and and, the next three years, you're talking ages 23 to 26. I mean, that's, you know, part of the reason you have farm systems are to make trades like this. So, you know, I I think the, the 29 GMs, other than Mike Rizzo, that are out there right now have to be very fortunate that I'm not a GM right now because I would go get the player. And, and, I, and, and whatever Mike Rizzo wanted, I would double. I would make my offer so good that he would have to call a press conference. Former GM here in Washington and in Cincinnati, Jim Bowden, who I uh, work with over at MLB Network Radio, and there's nobody more plugged in within front offices around baseball than him. So I have been saying that while I think the Nats should make this deal, I would still say that it's more likely than not he doesn't get traded. Number one, I just think it's hard to, to get what they want back. But number two, I'm, I'm worried about ownership doing what they did with Harper and at the last second saying they're not going to pull the trigger. I just want to know what you think about those two things. And, and would you predict that this actually does happen at this point? It sounds like maybe you're leaning toward it happening before the deadline. 
Oh yeah, I think he's getting traded. Yeah, I, I didn't think that a week ago. I think he's getting traded now. I, you know, I, I think there's a couple things. Number one, you know, we don't know who the new owner is going to be, but that doesn't mean that Washington doesn't know who it's going to be, right? Um, I do believe the Nationals will be sold by the end of this calendar year. Um, and if I'm a new owner, the last thing I want to do is come in, buy the team, and be the guy that trades Juan Soto. And if I'm a new owner coming in, I'm really rich, right? I'm really wealthy or I can't afford this team. So if I'm really wealthy, I've got to calculate. I've got a player that's turned down $440 million. Am I going to really spend this amount of money and then want to turn around and pay over half a billion dollars to keep him with no guarantee? And then is my first move as a new owner going to be to trade Juan Soto? Hi, welcome to Washington. I'm trading your best player. Yeah, I probably want the previous owner to be the one responsible for trading Soto. That's probably what I would want if I'm buying coming in, if that's the end result. So I think there's just a lot of reasons. The other thing, too, realistically, is look at the Nationals' major league team. It is the worst in the National League, right? You can't argue that based on record, right? And when you look at their farm system, where is their system rank? What impact players are coming? You don't find them, right? They're not there, truthfully. So how are you going to rebuild? So you have a choice. You want to be the Angels? I mean, the Angels, you know, gave Trout over $400 million and they're in the same place they were before they gave him the money. Or do you or do you want to jumpstart this thing and try to build a team? I mean, this is a chance to get five guys. Add that to Ruiz and Gray that you got last year. That's, that's seven. That's a 30-year roster. You know, and then, especially if you can get someone to take Corbin's bad contract, then you're going to have a whole bunch of money to spend in the offseason where you can add to all these young, play, young prospects and, and build quickly. So, you know, I can argue baseball-wise to build a winner, you're probably better off trading him. If you're a, an owner coming in, you probably want the previous owner to trade. There's just a lot of elements to me that add up to him actually getting traded. Jim, I'd love him to be here. Uh, and my son's eight. He's got a Soto disc plate that he hangs up on his wall. He's got a little Soto bobblehead collection. I'd love for him to be here for a long time for all these kids as we're kind of getting this you know, fan base to go through some ups and downs. But I felt kind of all along, I don't want to speak for Grant, but I felt all along this was a mission to free agency. This was a rocket ship that was not going to slow down. And pretty much anything you put you know, within reason in front of Scott Boris and Juan Soto would be, would be met with a thank you so much for your offer. We're going to free agency. Is that the sense that you have that this is inevitable? You are 100% right. And I didn't know that until the All-Star game. And Scott Boris was sitting there in, in the front row and always great to talk to him. But it was very clear to me what Scott Boris said publicly. This was not a private conversation. He said this publicly in front of the media. He said that no player, Juan Soto or no player, would sign with a team who doesn't know who the owner is going to be. He said that. So what he told you is, I'm not signing. And you're not going to know who the new owner is for months, right? Months at the earliest is months. So that clearly tells me where you stand there. And in in terms of your son, look, I personally, I'm an adult, and I have one Soto autograph picture on my wall, right? (laughs) And the only only guys on my wall, let me tell you the guys on my wall right now that you can see when I'm in CBS Sports HQ in the background. I've got Mike Trout. I've got Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, and Fernando Tatis Jr., and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and that's it. That's on my wall. So that's this class, this generation of stars. You know, this, this is what this is right now. And, and I, got, I got Soto uh, front and center because I've never seen – look, I traded for Ken Griffey Jr., and I was with the Pirates when we drafted Barry Bonds. Juan Soto's in that conversation with them, and I'm going to argue that he'll have a better career than both of them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wow. Uh, Jim Bowden has uh, been in front offices and he's dealt with decisions like this. I mean, you, you once traded Jeff Shaw to the Dodgers for uh, a kid named Paul Canerco, right? So you, you did that. And you were in Washington in 06. You were trying to figure out what to do with Soriano. Do you move him or not? The difference with some of these situations when you don't trade Soriano there is it's a rental. It's a half season. And normally there's just not as much coming back. This, to, to Jim's point, is the ultimate Game changer. I mean, we've just never seen a guy of this talent at this age traded with this much control. There is a an elephant in the room here, so to speak, which is Patrick Corbin. Because in, in my conversations with Nats people, his name constantly comes up. Jim, you know that they would like to get rid of that contract. I want to know if you would include him in a Soto deal. If you would just wear it and eat that money for a couple of years because you're not going to be good anyway. And what you think they would do. Yeah, I'm getting the best... You're asking my own opinion. I am getting the best talent I can get back for Soto, and I'm not going to make anybody take Corbin's money because I need players. I need players more than I need money. I don't need money. This team is going to be sold for three or four times what they paid for it. They don't need money. The new owner coming in doesn't need money. So the Corbin's contract is a big deal in terms of people like you and I looking at the contract on the books. Corbin's contract is nothing for this ownership group or the next ownership group. What this team needs isn't capital. What this team needs is players. If they're, if they're going to get back to contend again and, and, and have a dream of getting their next World Series, somewhere they got to get a, a bevy of players. And they, had a, they had a good draft led by Elijah Green this year. Um, and so, you know, but that takes time. It takes three or four years. This is a chance to get four or five guys back to help your major league team get better now and, quite frankly, to really build up the farm system in one move. So I'm personally, again, this is my own opinion, I'm, I'm not going to make anybody take Corbin. Now, that being said, I would do my due diligence and ask teams to make me an offer with Corbin in it and with Corbin out of it, and then I would study all the offers that I have and see which one is best with that in there. Um, that's the way you should do business. I'll be surprised because, remember, the $17 million you're paying soda comes off the books on this trade anyway. And you're not going to be acquiring any player that makes money. So, you know, for me, yes, I'd love to get rid of Corbin's contract, but I, I would not. And I would convince my, my ownership group that, please, let's not take less in a return for Soto because we're making someone take Corbin because we need players. Jim, for a team that might be making this trade for Juan Soto, I initially kind of was looking at, oh, it's only going to be the major market teams because they'll want to try to re-sign him. But, you know, you and Grant both have kind of opened my eyes to the idea of, no, 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 no. This is three pennant races, three postseasons potentially, even for small market clubs. Who might win out then in kind of a tug of war? And here's what I mean. If I'm unloading the prospects that we're talking about, I'm going to try to sell this to ownership going, he'll be here, he'll live here. We've got a great chance of then putting that offer in front of him that keeps him here, and this will just be the way we acquire this guy for, for 15, 16, 17 years. Might that win out kind of in a tug of war, or is that just going to be a non-factor here for this deadline? Well, I can promise you, if I were a GM, I would win out with my owner, and I'd be getting so. I can tell you that. <laughs> now, look, what what they do is, you know, I, I talked to the, the Billy Epler uh, the other day, the GM of the Mets, 
uh, Andrew Friedman the other day. And so what, what these guys do is they have a board in their office that shows what their team is going to look like, what it looks like now in 22. And then they, they go 23, 24, 25, 26, right? Some, some teams go five years out to 27. And then you play out, you know, how much – how much control you have of players, how much money you project them to make, what your performance has been, who you got, who you have in the farm system, who's coming up. And you walk into the room with the owner and say, okay, if we add, if we add Soto, it's 14 million this year, it's 22 million next year. It's 28 million. This final year of arbitration. If we sign them, it's going to be 38 million a year for, for, you know, 12 years after those three years are up. And so you show them how that works with the rest of the team. You show them who comes off the books, who's arbitration eligible, who, if you trade these four prospects, how you can fill in those positions and make your bottom payroll work, you've got to put the puzzle all together for the owner and lay it out. You know, you, you, you just got to show them all the facts, um, all the options, all the variables. Don't miss any. You know, one of the things you do when you go and you meet with an owner is, is when you're done meeting with the owner, he shouldn't be able to ask you a single question if you've done your homework right and, and presented what you want to do going forward. And I can promise you that every GM trying to get Soto will find a way to make that puzzle work to, to convince an owner to go forward. Because, again, generational player age 23. You know, it's one thing when Frank Robinson was traded, right, from the Reds, and, and Bob Hauser made that deal, and he ended up winning uh, the, you know, the MVP for the Orioles in both leagues. You know, that's one thing. When I, when I traded for Ken Griffey Jr., uh, who wanted to get out of Seattle for family reasons, I mean, you know, there were a lot of factors. But this is different. This is 23 in your prime, generational talent, uh, th- this is just different. I mean, there, there is no precedent for this. I can't think of another player in the history of baseball that's been traded at this age with this amount of talent and this future. I've, I've never seen one. This is it. This is, this is the Herschel Walker moment in baseball. Wow. Jim Bowden with us. All right, let me sneak this one in then. Lastly, you are plugged in on systems, on prospects, on some of the top young guys around baseball. Is there a team that you think separates itself or is most interesting? You referenced that St. Louis certainly has the most controllable young major league talent. A team like the Dodgers system or even the Yankees has guys, you know, the upper levels, particularly pitching, double, triple A. I mean, is there a, a fit that you like? If you were Mike Rizzo, is there something going in that you, you know you would think of as okay? That's the first call I want to make. Okay, so number one, I, I know they don't have any front runners, but I can tell you that if I were Mike. Um, I would have a lot of interest in having the conversations with the Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners, Padres, Dodgers, Cardinals. That, those are the teams on the top of my list where, where I can see a deal being made. And so I will call those teams up. I will tell them the five players that I want from each of them. And I will tell them that even if they say yes and meet my asking price, that might not be enough. I'll be very clear about that, like they've done. It's like the housing market. You know, there's a lot of houses that are for sale. And, you know, if they, if they ask 800000 they're selling for 900 cash. Like a lot of this stuff is happening in America right now and, and has. I know it's changing a little bit now, but over the last six months, that's the way it's been. That's what Soto is going to be like. And then at the end of the day, let's say three of the teams I just mentioned will give me, say, four of the five guys that I've asked for. Then I'm going to sit down and look and say, which do I like the best? And I'll probably take the two packages I like the best, and I'll go back to those teams and say, not enough. But add this, add that, you got the player. And then see if one of those two teams will move. So it's a process. 
It's a grind. Uh, it won't stop. Uh, but I'll find a package I like by Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And by the way, I will not pull the trigger early. I will keep asking. So whatever you offer, I want more. Every time you meet what I'm asking, I want more. And I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to make you bleed. I'm going to make your bones break before I pull the trigger. And I'm not pulling trigger on Tuesday. Were you the real estate agent for the couple that bid on that house in all cash that went for 500 k <laughs> over asking that we lost out on a couple months ago? Jim, this was no. awesome, buddy. Really appreciate the time, dude. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to a little bonus interview with Jim Bowden. We will be back with your regularly scheduled show on Bustin' Loose Baseball on Thursday night.